Today's podcast is brought to you by the Power of A. The Power of A was created by the American Society of Association Executives to highlight the many contributions America's associations make to the economy and society at large. Learn more at thepowerofa.org. From the CQ Roll Call Newsroom in Washington, this is CQ Now, your nonpartisan news source for how the inside workings of Congress and the federal government shape the real world. A draft is there to put bodies on the front line to take the hill. It's to get more people to close with and destroy the enemy through fire and close combat. The draft is there to get more people to rip the enemy's throats out and kill them for our nation. You know, my, my, my daughters talk about serving. My son talks about serving. But I don't want to see my daughters put in a place where they have to get drafted. That's Representative Duncan Hunter a California Republican who touched off a provocative debate last week about requiring women to register for selective service and subjecting them to a military draft should one be instituted. The House Armed Services Committee unexpectedly backed such a proposal in a sweeping defense policy bill that the full House will consider, and this comes just months after the Defense Department lifted restrictions on women serving in combat units. I am Jane Norman, sitting in for Adriel Bettelheim, and I'm joined today by CQ Roll Call's national security reporter, Megan Scully, who will tell us about this development. Megan, you were at that very long committee meeting. How did this vote come about and why? Well, it was uh, probably the most surprising and and, uh, energetic portion of the entire 16-hour committee meeting uh, that went until 3 o'clock in the morning. And it was an amendment offered by uh, Congressman Hunter, who is a former Marine himself. And he has a bill that he introduced earlier this year called Draft America's Daughters. And he essentially offered it as an amendment to the sprawling defense authorization bill. Congressman Hunter actually opposes the administration's decision to lift the combat ban for women and offered this amendment uh, to provide as a, essentially as a forum for debate on the issue. Uh, he actually voted against it himself and uh, I think probably was surprised by the outcome of the vote. It passed on a, a narrow 32 to 30 vote with the support of most Democrats and even some Republicans, such as the chairman of the ha- House Armed Services Personnel Subcommittee, mm-hmm. Joe heck, who himself is a reservist. So interesting. The United States has not had a military draft since 1973, a long time. But all men must register with the Selective Service once they turn 18. But what's the likelihood, Megan, that this is actually going to become law? It looks actually pretty likely. Senate Armed Services Chairman John McCain has signaled some tentative support for it, and his committee is going to consider their own version of the defense authorization bill uh, just later this month. And uh, the chiefs of the Army uh, and the Marine Corps both support incorporating women uh, in any future draft. Now, the less likely scenario is the draft actually being instituted. So this amendment would essentially require women to sign up for the selective service. Uh, But there are those that think that a draft will never happen again Mm -hmm. in this country's history. The military is very proud of the fact that they have what they call an all-volunteer force and have since 1973. It allows them to have a professional military and and not one in which you have reluctant draftees filling vital combat positions. Yeah, that's understandable. What's the argument, though, made by hunters and others who are opposed to 
changing the law and lifting the exemption for women. And what what was motivating Mr. Hunter, do you think, in offering this amendment? Sure. Well, their objections, I think, go back more to their objections to allowing women in, in frontline infantry positions. Hunter himself said at the during the markup that the, the draft as it currently stands now, which exempts women, is sexist because women are, are allowed to have these uh, combat positions um, in infantry and other specialties that were once close to them. By offering this amendment, Hunter said he was hoping to uh, allow Congress to weigh in on the matter. He and others have been frustrated that the administration has moved without uh, congressional uh, support, uh, congressional vote on the issue of women in combat, even though the department itself had the ability to, to make those changes without congressional sign-off. But Hunter has argued that the American people, through their elective representatives, should weigh in on this. And since this particular portion of the women in combat debate is something that Congress can control. It was what he offered at the the extensive committee meeting. And remind us, Megan, uh, how long has it been since uh, the, the women in combat question was settled by the administration? Was that just a recent decision? Yes. It has been something that has been in the works for the last several years. But in December of 2015, Defense Secretary Ashton Carter lifted the combat exclusion ban, and the services are in the process of implementing that as we speak. So how does this tie into other initiatives involving women's military service, uh, such as sexual assaults and, and then benefits such as maternity leave that have made a lot of headlines in recent years? Well, as more and more women uh, are interested in military service and, and join mil- the military, issues such as these continue to pop up. Sexual assault isn't, of course, purely a woman's issue, but of it course. is actually the, the majority of victims of sexual assault within the military's ranks are men but proportionally women are more affected. Uh, They just make up a smaller subset of the military population. And so Congress has become more interested and and the administration has become more interested in in combating instances of sexual assault within the military's ranks after they reached epidemic levels just a few years ago. As women join the force in in more and and more numbers, they have a a larger constituency and and, and a bigger voice in in terms of military policy and and, and the way forward. In terms of the the benefits now afforded to women, such as maternity leave, a 12-week maternity leave policy across the the armed forces, that is an effort to be more family-friendly and one in which women can feel as though they they can join the military and stay and grow and proceed through the ranks, be it officer or enlisted, while still having a family. There are other fertility benefits that that are being afforded to women now as well with a similar goal in mind. That's just a really great, really encompassing look uh, from Megan Scully on the role of women in the military, uh, answers to a lot of questions you might have. Thank you for listening. I'm Jane Norman. Until next time, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at CQ Now, and you can download our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher.